Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Formula 101 podcast. Today, we have the final formation lap episode of the season. And I bet you guys are wondering, guys, there's no episode for after Sao Paulo. You know, we talked about how it was going to be released on Sunday. And unfortunately, I had to go home for the weekend for an emergency. So I didn't even get to uh, watch the race. I have only watched the highlights up to this point. I got to see qualifying in the sprint, but as for the race itself, I I did not get to watch it. Sashwat uh, was lucky enough to watch it, but he was not able to record a solo episode because he is a fraud and would <laughs> never be able to do what I have done two or three times this season already. Hey, and just, hey, well, I've also done episodes on my own two or three times. Let's, uh, let I'm it be pretty known. sure, I'm pretty sure, first of all, we can count how many episodes we've each done solo, and then we can combine, like, the total number of listens and see who really is the solo well, episode. Yours, yours is inflated by the Monaco GP one. Yeah, where... because it was a really good episode. It, okay, yes, we'll we'll say that. Yes, Justin. <laughs> you, you keep the show going. You are my oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you 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 complete the show and you complete me, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> my PER prince. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my listens per episode. <laughs> uh, um but yeah, that'll be coming out eventually. I'll probably just make Sashwat do a solo episode unless I just Yeah, yeah. I'll, unless, I'll you know, maybe maybe I'll yeah, maybe I'll join if you're recording and I'm free, uh, and I'll just like give commentary sure. based on on what sure, I have sure. seen. But I mean, obviously, there's a lot to talk about that race, so pretty tough that we missed it, unfortunately, because it was yeah. the first I'd say like very eventful race in a while with lots yeah, of storylines. Yeah, probably the first like I mean, in comparison to Mexico two weeks ago, Justin. Oh my God, was Brazil a lot of fun? Oh my God, obviously, Kevin Magnuson. <laughs> Yes, Kevin Magnuson obviously becomes a Formula One pole sitter. George Russell wins a sprint race. George Russell wins a Formula One Grand Prix. Justin Mercedes get a 1-2. If you had told me after Bahrain or Saudi Arabia that Mercedes were going to get a 1-2 this year, I would have called you an idiot. Um, Yeah, we will discuss all of that, and I know it'll be a little bit of retrospect after the season is over, but you know, I still think an episode that is well worth the time either myself or myself and Justin will give to it, but... You know, there will also be a season recap episode, I'm sure, at some point, Justin, where we delve into all of the races, all of the storylines that kind of unfolded in the last eight months. And, you know, Justin, it's kind of crazy to think that almost eight months ago we were sitting, actually, I think it was exactly eight months ago, we were sitting and recording um, the formation lap for the Bahrain Grand Prix. Obviously, the Bahrain Free Practice 1 was on March 17th, so literally eight months minus one day. Wow. Um it's been since we started uh, or since the formula one season started and now we are i guess two days away from the final free practice sessions of the year we've really we've really aged 20 30 years in this single year (laughs) as a result uh you know (laughs) if you know the people who have aged 20 to 30 years are probably charles leclerc carlos Sainz, um the ferrari pit crew Anyone who worked at Mercedes, um, Fernando Alonso's teammate, yeah. For- Anyone who had to race behind Alonso <laughs> at any point this year, that is true. Um, Lance Stroll's but, dad. Honestly, yeah. But um, I guess on to this weekend, Justin, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix season finale, as it has been for the last ten plus years. What do you got for me? 
Well, I mean, we can start off with the standings like we always Perfect. do. WDC, obviously, Verstappen clinched a while ago in Japan. He's at 429 points right now. The interesting story that lies with us now is for yes. P2 in the WDC. Charles Leclerc is now tied with Sergio Perez at 290 points after Max Verstappen does not concede his place to Checo at the end of Interlagos, which mm-hmm. would have given him a lead over Charles, which now at least will make for a very interesting Abu Dhabi in which it is essentially just a drag race between the two drivers. Now, obviously, P2 in the WDC doesn't really count for anything, so I... Like, it's going to be a cool storyline, but I think all the real storylines are going to come from the WCC side of things. But I think the Mm -hmm. circumstances at which this was brought about to us being tied on points is so big of a story on its own that people are going to be watching the race. Specifically, if like, if Charles beats Checo by a margin of points that is smaller than the difference between whatever... Uh, Checo and Max were at Interlagos, then this becomes a very big deal. But at the end of the day, um, I don't know. Don't pride yourself on second place in the WDC. It's a stupid thing to care about. I'm just being honest. Um, on to WCC standing. Oh, wait, no, not on the WCC. I didn't even finish out the rest of the WDC. Um, yeah, so Charles Leclerc and Checo are tied at P2 for with 290 points. George Russell's in P4 after his race win with 265 points, leading Lewis Hamilton by 25. He's at 240. And Carlos Sainz sits in P6 at 234 points. He's only six points behind Hamilton. Obviously, there's the opportunity for him to jump above Lewis here. But again, at the end of the day, it really does not matter uh, what position you are in in the WDC if you are not P1. WCC, on the other hand, we have... Quite a bit of skin in play. There are only two teams that are absolutely lock solid in their position right now, I would say, and that is Red Bull and Williams. Unless Williams miraculously scores like 28 points and can pass Alphatari, then they're going to be stuck <laughs> in P10, and it is mathematically impossible for Ferrari to surpass Red Bull at this point of the season. <laughs> so, Red Bull's at 719. Then you have. Ferrari and Mercedes at 524 and 505, respectively. Now, while I do think Ferrari pretty much does have this in the bag, I mean, a 19-point lead is nothing to scoff at, uh, there's obviously the chance that, like, you know, a Ferrari could DNF and, like, something could go wrong and Mercedes could surpass them. And, man, what a disaster that would be for Ferrari if, like, last race of the season mm-hmm. they finally gave it up. And, obviously, um, Mercedes just scoring the 1-2 helped them kind of propel themselves into the realm of possibility. In P4 and P5, we have Alpine and McLaren. I'm pretty sure this one's also probably going to stick 167 to 148 between the two. When it's two midfield teams, 19 points is pretty large. So I highly doubt that McLaren, barring some miracle, jumps over them. But I will say it has been a very interesting battle over the past few races uh, between the two constructors. Then we have Alfa Romeo and Aston Martin. And here's where I think things get really fun. 55 points to 50. Um, Sebastian Vettel is like always randomly do for a super good race where he can get like p6 or p5 which is absolutely massive for a p7 aston martin team so especially with it being his last race i feel like he's really gonna go all out uh we might see some heroics maybe aston martin can jump themselves up to p6 but we will see 
Haas is at 37 and AlphaTauri is at 35. Now, Haas, I really did not think they were going to manage to hold on to PA. I honestly thought they weren't going to score uh, a single point after AlphaTauri tied with them for P8. But they have managed to score two since then, and AlphaTauri have not scored a single one. But again, it's one of those things that like if just like Yuki or Pierre has a good race, they single-handedly could take down Haas. So this is going to be super, super cool between those mm-hmm. two teams, I think. And then obviously Williams, P8, doesn't really matter. Not P8, eight points, P10, doesn't really matter what they do. Maybe they can play spoiler. Maybe they can be the cause of like, a safety car towards the end of the race where I don't know, Charles is leading on like old mediums and then Checo is able to pit for new softs, but it was really clutch because earlier in the race, Max defended Charles for like 10 seconds. And then I don't know, a Latifi crash is going to make things like super, super controversial. So I guess, I guess we'll see. Oh, I think we've actually lost Sashwat at this point, or is he back? No, I'm here. I, I was just listening to your very similar situation, Justin, because if I had a nickel for every time two drivers from competing teams entered the final race of the season on equal points in the last two years, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice and in back-to-back years. Good quote. Um, yeah, but I I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what a crazy, I guess coincidence it would be if someone a driver someone who i who i will leave unnamed at this point um crashed into a wall and triggered a safety car towards the end of this race and allowed one of the teams to perhaps you know eliminate a gap that existed without the safety car um you know i guess joking about latifi causing another late safety car again i think justin i don't know I think I trust Charles Leclerc a little more to lock this position up, P2 in the standings. I think it will be interesting, like you said, if Charles does clinch it by points less than or equal to what Checo would have had um, had he gotten those points in Brazil. You know, I think, what, Charles was P4 and Checo ended up P7. P4 gets you 12 points, if I'm not correct, if I'm not wrong, and I think P7 gets you 6. So what is that, 5 points? No, 6 points, right? Ah, um, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's a that's like a tight-ish margin, but um, we'll see how it ends up. I think the fight that I'm, <coughs> excuse me, most personally looking forward to here is AlphaTauri versus Haas. Like you said, one driver from either of these teams can kind of seal the deal on this championship, whether it's Pierre Gasly or Yuki Sonoda. <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, getting a great finish or. You know, maybe Kevin Magnuson has one good drive in him left the season going into next year. Maybe he puts them over the top and puts them just far enough away from AlphaTauri. I think it'll be really, really interesting. But, you know, Justin, it's been an interesting season so far. I think a lot of developments, a lot of storylines. But um, I'm interested to see how things wrap up here with, I would say, like a significant amount left to play play for. Um, There's also the scenario here, Justin, where the Mercedes drivers are instructed to kind of hold station and not try to pass Ferrari because the lower you are in the constructor standings, the more wind tunnel time you get in the next year. Um, Mercedes, <coughs> excuse me, Mercedes obviously have their own wind tunnel. So, you know, I feel like perhaps it would be a benefit if Mercedes, you know, finished in P3, got the wind tunnel time because they certainly don't need the money. Um, but, you know, 
Uh, I, I think we'll see how it pans out. I think it'd be really funny if Ferrari choked P3 this or P2, but um, you know, I'm I'm interested to see what happens on Sunday. Yeah, obviously we have a conventional weekend this weekend, just normal practice qualifying and feature race, which I'm a fan of personally. It's I mm-hmm. I still don't know how I feel about sprint races. I change my mind all the time. Uh, I, I think this one was cool, at least. Uh, what I was able to see, especially because there was yeah. a little bit of drama, especially between the two Alpines. Uh, so I guess having having a normal weekend for our final race weekend of the year is going to be very cool. But Abu Dhabi is a pretty, I guess, important track to F1. Obviously, last year mm-hmm. made it infamous almost. Like I feel like anytime yeah. anyone talks about Abu Dhabi, like, the first thing everyone's thinking of is is the final few laps last year, and that's probably going to be stuck with the title of the Abu Dhabi GP for many years to come. Like it's all anyone's going to talk about. But mm-hmm. aside from that, I personally do think it is a great track. It is definitely one of the better racing tracks. Yep. I you know I'm not super supportive of the fact that they just pay to have their race be the final race. But I will at least say that at least the country that's paying for their race to be the final race has a good racetrack. Because could you imagine if, like, we went into the final race of the season and it was, like, Imola? And it was like, oh, okay, that's, like, that's fine, I guess. Uh, But on the topic of the track itself, please take it away with your circuit analysis. The last one of the season. Uh, wow. We obviously, Justin, have 58 laps around this 5.281-kilometer or 3.281-mile circuit. The first GP was here in 2009, and it has, Justin, been the site of multiple title deciders. Obviously, the first one that comes to mind is the 2010 Drivers' Championship, where Sebastian Vettel won his first title. I can believe that race began with five people in contention to win that year's title, Lewis Hamilton, Fernando Alonso, Sebastian Vettel, um, and I believe two others who are slipping my mind right now. Um, The 2016 World Drivers' Championship where Lewis Hamilton actually won that race, but Nico Rosberg, on virtue of not scoring low enough, ended up winning that year's WDC. As you mentioned, Justin, the 2021 Drivers' Championship was decided here last year. Um, Lewis Hamilton driving like a man possessed for the last three races coming into Saudi or coming into the United Arab Emirates and then obviously had a great fourth race but unfortunately things didn't go his way and in 2020 we saw a lot of things in the midfield shape up with the World Constructors Championship and how important it was for prize money to be awarded and allocated then it is as we've mentioned multiple times the final race of the season I believe there are a hundred days between um Abu Dhabi this weekend, the race and free practice one in Bahrain in it's not March too of long. next year. It's not like that's not the yeah. worst. It's only like three months, three and a half months. Yeah, not too long, and a month of that is gonna be supplanted by the FIFA World Cup. So I'm not overly worried. I'm sure we'll have a lot to discuss in the offseason. You know, there are a lot of stories, a lot of rumors going on after the Brazil GP and after this year as to some movements and team personnel. But mm-hmm. you know, two DRS zones here, Justin. excuse me it'll it's those two long back straights the first one is between turns five and six coming out of the hairpin the second one is between turns eight and nine and here's where i'll ask you a question so you know before all of the races they show like the action zones and like where people can do overtakes like oh yeah yeah yeah. do you think at turn five they're going to show max verstappen overtaking lewis hamilton from last year on the soft oh yeah yeah definitely 
Okay. There, okay. There's that's... no reason for them not to. I mean, it's like still at the end of the day was the championship clinching overtake. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's definitely going to be shown. Um, obviously, turns eight and nine is another DR between turns eight and nine is another DRS zone overtaking spots. You know, you can obviously overtake in the DRS zones going into turn five, I think is super good. Um, this is where, like I said, Lewis Hamilton made his move or Max Verstappen, excuse me, made his move on Lewis Hamilton after the safety car. Um, into turn six. Turn six is the chicane between the two straights. I believe Sergio Perez made a defensive move to stop Hamilton and allow Max Verstappen to gain ground last year. And then into turn nine. Turn nine is a long banked left-hander. It's kind of replaced a chicane and a sharp left turn. It's a lot smoother now, and I think it helps the overtaking on this track a lot. Justin, this race is going until 2030. Um, that is a, a really time. long time. It is a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, like you said, this track is good. I like it. It's a lot of fun. I think there's a good mix between kind of like racetrack and street circuity feels. Sector three feels super narrow and windy, which I really like. But the first two sectors are a lot of speed and fast corners, which is also really good. Safety, Justin, I don't think there's anything to talk about here. I think this race has been pretty safe for the most part. The runoffs are wide. No one's really done anything. There are big areas for people to park if they need to DNF. We all know that safety cars are handled very well at this track, so I don't really have an issue with race direction. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, which is actually something really funny that I am going to like spoil Brad of the Week for last week is definitely going to be race control. They just forgot to unlap Yuki Sonoda. Like, there were three lapped cars, and they just forgot that he needed to be unlapped, um, which Poor is really Yuki. weird. Yeah, but um, I guess otherwise, there's not really much, like, else to the circuit i would still say it's kind of it's it's definitely new i mean this is only what year 12 no year 13 of the race happening or i guess this would be the 14th race because i wouldn't call that new 14 races is a lot yeah but like wouldn't you but like imola or monza we've been racing there since what like the 60s is what i mean comparatively i okay i mean like sure i guess so like okay jetta is new uh miami is new i i mean Maybe medium age. It's a teenage track. Yeah, yeah. It's. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's I don't keep know going. how. Else... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean... other updates in the yeah. F one worlds. <laughs> <laughs> looks looks like the only seat left open is Haas. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I think Haas said they're. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on i um i saw a press release that haas is gonna announce their driver tomorrow so even though like we yeah. think it's nico holkenberg we're not yeah we're not positive i i think everyone thinks it's gonna be nico holkenberg which is a really interesting choice in my opinion i don't know that i would have done the same thing maybe i would have stuck with mick but um I guess he costs too much Kane, money, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, he's just, he's an expensive guy. He's got expensive taste. <laughs> yeah. And by expensive his taste, taste is destroying cars. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I guess this is kind of change for change's sake at Haas. I mean, they're supposed to have a full salary or spending caps worth of money next year from the MoneyGram sponsorship, which I think is really cool. I think that'll help Magnuson and Hulkenberg a lot. I guess maybe I wish Mick had the chance to experience that and, you know, just drive properly or like have a fully funded car underneath him. 
but F1 is a win-now cutthroat sport, and at the end of the day, I think this is a business decision from Haas, Gunter Steiner, Gene did, Haas, and whoever else is behind the scenes. Did we ever talk about the MoneyGram sponsorship? What even is MoneyGram? They're like a financial tech company. They're like actually well, like, repeat. they're not like FTX. They're not like FTX. Well, I mean, FTX is no longer a thing, so. Yeah, yeah. Mercedes had to take their FTX sponsors off of the car. The Miami Heat have now put up their arena for renaming, like, bids. Um, I'm just really, really waiting until the could cri- have until Crypto.com, like, goes bankrupt. And until then, Crypto.com. Like, oh, no, the Staples Center of the Lakers have to, like, rename their place because Crypto.com goes bankrupt. I think that's going to be really funny when it happens, but... I think MoneyGram, by all accounts, is like an actual, like, very reasonable and well-run company. I don't think well, there's anything shady about them. I mean, yeah, that's good then. I, it's certain. I mean, <sighs> that alone is a step up from anything Haas has ever had before. Rich Energy. I, yeah. Didn't, like, Rich Energy want to sponsor Haas again? Like, wasn't that a storyline this yeah. season? Yeah, uh, that, like, Rich Energy might come back and, like, I don't think anyone at Haas wanted that. And then... Obviously, after Rich Energy, we all know that the Russian flag Haas was a thing, and no one really liked the Mazepins, and obviously, other reasons are preventing the Russian Mazepin family from participating in F1, but yeah, I think yeah. it's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think something, Giles, Justin, that we touched on last week, Daniel Ricardo. I this man is somehow going to finesse and stay in F1, isn't he? Like, no. I, unless, like, Checo does something, like, completely awful in, like, Red Bulls, like, we're not <laughs> we're not bringing you back to be max number two next year. Then they're going to bring Daniel in. But, uh, no, he's just going to be a reserve. That's, that's all he's going to be. He's never going to have a starting seat again. He may never set foot in a car again, except in, like, a purely reserve-based role. So, good job, Daniel Ricciardo. You chose the wrong thing for your career. And now you get to live with it by going back to your original team as a backup. I be- I hope it's as embarrassing for you as it sounds. Jeez. Wow. Okay. The Daniel Ricardo hate is quite strong today. Um, you should have just gone to IndyCar. <laughs> I mean... should have just gone I, to IndyCar. Come on, man. As, as much as we hand wave IndyCar on this show and in general, Justin, I don't disagree with that take. He could have been up there with the greats like Roman Grosjean and Colton Herta. <laughs> sure um you know, actually never mind say it now you have to say it <laughs> at least daniel ricardo never caught on fire jeez dude wow wow <laughs> that's gonna be which, a which probably statement. isn't which probably isn't great because he like he really could have benefited from a hot streak at one point but dude oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but but it never came. Sorry, Daniel Ricardo. Yeah. I'm sure you the care only about other, this podcast. <laughs> the only other like question that isn't really a question in my mind, Justin, is Logan Sargent driving for Williams next year. I don't see a reason as to why he's not going to get the super license points. I think this is going to be interesting and very fun for um how far away for is Williams. He? Um, I think he needs to get like fifth in F two, and then he'll get the required amount of points. Like he definitely has enough. Oh, okay, he's gonna get fifth. Yeah, yeah at yeah. least it's he's like, like he's in like second right now, right? Yeah, second or third. Dr- and there's only Drugovich one. Already won. Yeah, 
yeah, Dragovich won, and then they just have to like. There's a race in Abu Dhabi this weekend, but other than that, they're uh, yeah, they're pretty much done. Um, the only other update, Justin, that I want to talk to you about, Mattia Binotto apparently is going to be replaced by Alfa Romeo team principal Frederick Vasor over the winter break. Is How do you confirmed? feel about this? Wait, this is, is heavily rumored, and it, Italy's largest sporting newspaper has put their name behind this. Mm. And and I will I will add I will add that Ferrari themselves have come out and made a tweet saying that like Benotto's position is not like being discussed right now or something like that. I I I'll wait until like further news comes out because like. I guess if it is Italy's biggest like sports news company putting their name on it, then it has to be like reputable in a sense. But I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, good good riddance. He kind of has made a few disastrous things occur in Ferrari over the years, and Ferrari kind of is the laughing stock of the grid all the time. And you mm-hmm. probably just need a new face at some point to to change that image. So hopefully. Who who did you say right. they're bringing in again? Out uh, the Alfa Romeo Frederick, team Fred, Frederick Vasseur. He's the current team principal of Alfa Romeo. Uh, I mean, you don't hear any like jokes about Alfa Romeo in the papers, and I don't know whether that's just due to the fact that they like rarely finish, um, like in the top <laughs> five. Well, I mean, no, like they're mid they're mid level team. They like, and the only cars that get talked about are the ones that finish in the top five. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you don't really hear about like disasters with. With Alfa Romeo, I mean, the worst thing I can think of with Alfa Romeo is like Silverstone with Joe Guan Yu. So, and that's mm-hmm. not even like by their own, uh, Fault. I guess. Yeah. So, it, it'll probably be a good change of pace for the team. They probably need it. He's been at the forefront for a while, and clearly things are not working out like they've wanted to. And you know, part of that is just that like Mercedes is so good, and Red Bull is so good, and Ferrari can't expect to dominate every year, but. The issue is when they are in a position to actually have a good car and have a good race, they just like vomit it up every single time. Mm-hmm. So it's impossible to, I guess, support a leader who continually makes those kinds of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would definitely agree. It is, you know, it's it's just disappointing overall. And I think, as we've said a couple times, you know, Ferrari they finished P three last year. They're going to finish P two this year, and the constructors. And that is, like, a big step up for them. But I think this year is still going to be viewed as a disappointment for a lot of people. One, for Charles Leclerc, and two, for, you know, Ferrari as a whole, because they could have been so much better. It's just that Red Bull outdeveloped them. And, you know, when the chances were there for Ferrari, they didn't take them. And as a result, the gap in the Constructors' Championship is almost 200 points, and Max is flying so far ahead in the driver's standings. Um, But... Yeah, that's kind of all I have for the other updates. So unless you have anything, we can jump right into our turn one trivia. My turn one trivia is not even like remotely related to anything we're doing this week. Okay, go first then. Um, actually, it's not even really a trivia question. Oh. At all. It's actually more of an opinion about non-F1. Who do you think oh. is making it out of each group for the World Cup this year? Okay, so the... People are the countries that I think are going to make it out of the groups. Group A is Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, Netherlands. I say Netherlands win this group and Ecuador squeak by in second place. I think Senegal are going to be strong even without Sadio Mane. But, you know, I think Ecuador will squeeze through. That's that's fair. I, I would say the same thing, probably. 
Okay. Group B is England, Iran, United States, and Wales. I think England will win this group, and the United States will come in second. Ooh, okay. Big American guy. What do you have in mind? Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. If anything, maybe like, maybe Wales or yeah, maybe Wales over the United States. Sorry, Evan. (laughs) I don't know. I am obviously very high on the United States, and I think Wales are still in that like underdog kind of phase, which is always cool at a World Cup. I think. Well, I guess I guess we'll see. At okay, I'll say this: if Wales beats the United States, then it will be the first game on Monday. Yeah, exactly. The third game on Monday. Uh, yeah. Well, it's the first game for their group. Like they face each other. If either one of the teams gets a decisive result there, then that will be the team that makes it out of the group in Mm -hmm. second. England's gonna win the group. I can get behind that. Okay, fair enough. (coughs) Um, Group C is just in your nation of heritage: Argentina, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. I think Argentina just didn't win all three games in this group. I think so as well. Led by your goat, Rodrigo DePaul. Um, <laughs> yeah, he is my goat, actually. Thank you. And I think Mexico come in second. I think Chucky Irving Chucky Lozano is going to have a great World Cup. You know, whenever the World Cup rolls around, there's this guy named Guillermo Ochoa. He always goes crazy for these things. Um, but yeah. Group D is France, Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. Um, I think France win this group, and I think Denmark come in second here. I think Denmark are very underrated right now, and I think they're going to find a way to get the points against Tunisia and probably against Australia as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, unfortunately, Killian Mbop fraud is going to win this group, Justin, so I'm, <laughs> I'm very sorry for you. It's okay. It's uh, okay. Group E is Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, and Japan. Whoa. Um, I think Spain and Germany are going to make it out of this group. Sleeper I, pick, Japan beats Germany. I Wait, what? Sleep, my sleeper pick is that Japan gets second and Germany get third. So you think Germany are going to miss the knockouts for a second consecutive World Cup? Yeah, they are. Absolutely. They wow. Are. That is quite interesting. Um, Okay. I think Spain and Germany still make it out of here. I think Costa Rica, they aren't 2014 Costa Rica anymore. But um, I think I'll say Spain win the group and Germany gets second. But it'll be something like goal difference. It might be what like splits them. Mm, Okay. Um, Okay. Group F, Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and Croatia. I think Belgium win this group handily, and I think Croatia come in second here. It hurts my heart to not put Canada through, but I just think they're not going to be able to compete with the the heavyweights of Belgium and Croatia here. Mm -hmm. Now, Group G, Justin, this is where I'm a little bit confused. Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. Um, I know the easy pick here is Brazil and Switzerland, but like... I don't know who that second place could be because, like, Cameroon always, they always show out at World Cups. Serbia, you can't really underrate them. Switzerland, like, yeah, Jan Sommer is going to be in goal and he's going to be amazing, but I don't know that they have enough to, like, I think it's going to be a scrap between those other three teams and, like, one team is going to get one result and it's going to completely change the entire group or it's going to flip the group on its head. I think Brazil will will still win this group. I think they'll probably win all three games, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's fair. That's fair. I like all and your picks. F- I can agree with most of them. <clears throat> and then the final one is Group H, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and Korea Republic, or the People's Republic of Korea. <sighs> um, I am a Ronaldo hater, but I still think Portugal are going to make it out of this group. Um, Is Luis Suarez playing at this World Cup? Yeah, yeah, he is. There's four, is there's four members. Yeah, there's four members of the Uruguay 2010 team that are on the 2022 Uruguay wa- roster. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I'll say Portugal and Uruguay make it out of this group. I think yeah. Portugal will win the group, and I think Uruguay will come second. That's fair. Uruguay is not as but good as they used to be. But I would not be surprised if Ghana steal points from one of them. Okay. Um, yeah, and I think I think those two teams, their match against Ghana will mean a lot. Um, Korea is obviously someone I think, again, underrated, but Son Heung-min is a force to be reckoned with, and I think he can definitely mess a lot of things up for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But um, do you want to run through your picks? No, no, we've already used like no. four minutes on this. That's fair. That's <laughs> so fair. Pro- <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, my my turn one trivia is... I guess a little bit different. Um, Mine concerns a race that, um, you know, I think we talked about a little bit earlier is the 2010 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. It was the second race here. Um, I guess just coming into this race, there were one, two, three, four. Yeah, so I think four drivers who were still in contention to win the WDC that year. Can you name those drivers? Who are still in contention? So, yeah. 2010, Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Jensen Button was the other? No. No. Um, was it Mark Webber, the other Red Bull? Yes. Okay. Wait, so who do who do I have so far? Sebastian... Vettel, Weber, Hamilton. Okay, so both Red Bulls. And you said it wasn't Button. So then, it's is it one of the Ferraris? Yes. Okay. Is it Fernando Alonso? It is bitter old man Fernando Alonso. Wow. I didn't realize he was still in contention. Suey. At that point. He was actually but, leading the WDC at that point. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Brutal race then. Yeah, he he led. He was leading by eight points, or he was leading Vettel by fifteen points going into that race. Jeez, that's kind of and he did not win the WDC that year. Um, that is actually very embarrassing. Yeah. Um. But on that note, Justin, we can move into our cope corner. Hit me with your hot take, please. Um. Charles Leclerc out in the first ten laps. Checo wins P two WDC. Interesting. Interesting. Um, my hot take is that a Mercedes will win on Sunday. That's not hot. They just won a race. Well, they've only won one out of 21 so far, Justin. That's so lame. My God. Okay, fine. I'll think of a better one. Um, I think... Oh, you know what is kind of spicy? I think both Alpines, find, like as a parting gift of death, they crash into each other or they both knock out and somehow... The oh, like McLaren passes them. McLaren outscores them by nineteen <laughs> points and takes P four in the championship. I think I think that like is more likely and within the realm of reason than people outscore are, are by thinking. nineteen points. 
Wow, I can't believe <laughs> I can't believe Lando Norris is gonna have to get P two and fastest lap in order for this, <laughs> for this to occur. That's gonna be so unfortunate. It'll be another Lando podium. Wow, um, good for <laughs> good for him. But on to our final pre race predictions of the year, Justin. I know what you're gonna say, but give it to me anyway. Pole sitter, race winner. Who is it? Pole sitter, George Russell. Mm. Race winner. Lewis Hamilton. Fuck, dude. You to- I was going to guess Lewis Hamilton for race win. Fuck, dude. Um, I was going to guess Lewis. Yeah, shut the fuck up. You guess first next time then. In March. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. You know, I'll just take Verstappen, Verstappen. It's boring, but all reliable, as SpongeBob once said. Um, Justin, I'm going to ask you to do this thought experiment. Final finishing position of the constructors. Go. Uh, Red Bull win, then Ferrari, Mercedes, Alpine, McLaren, Alfa Romeo, Aston Martin, Haas, Alphatari, Williams. There will not be a single change, unfortunately. Wow. As a result of this race. Interesting. I think it'll be Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, Alpine, McLaren, Aston Martin, Alfa Romeo, Alphatari, Haas, Williams. So. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't think. I don't. I think the only realistic one would be Alpha Tari passing Haas. And even then, hey, they hey, need hey. a P9, P10. Uh, hey, don't disregard Aston Martin. Don't disregard Sebastian Vettel in his last race, potentially delivering an Aston Martin masterclass. What if, like, Nicholas Latifi crashes Sebastian Vettel out on, like, turn one of the final race of his of his career? Jesus Christ. I don't think, I think Latifi would, like, actually receive death threats. Well, he not already, that he, did he already last does. Year. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I like think he would be under severe danger if he hit Seb or compromised Seb's race in any way. Yeah, that's yeah. and the final, I guess, fun trivia question, which relates to your turn one trivia. Justin, predict the scoreline of the FIFA World Cup's opening match happening just an hour after the race ends. Qatar versus Ecuador. What's the scoreline? Um, I'll give Ecuador a comfortable three nil victory over host nation qatar i'll say two nothing two nil yeah that's fair that's fair yeah but justin unless you have anything else i think this is a good place to wrap up our episode and we will see everyone actually for a fact because justin you and i are watching this race together on sunday oh right Um, i forgot we were doing that yes we will actually have an episode on sunday and then we will work our way through our backlog of episodes and we will be heading into the off season with some good ideas and yeah yeah that's about it Mm -hmm. so yeah thanks everyone for listening we'll see you guys on sunday for the final checkered well it won't even be the final checkered flag episode of the year because sashwa has to still release the brazil one and then we still have to release the uh retrospective from the united states gp so content incoming it'll be easier to flow all of this out once you know we're done the semester (laughs) but now that we're in crunch time it gets it gets very difficult but yeah thank you guys for listening we'll see you guys on sunday at the latest peace have a good one guys